Are you ready for something more, better, or different? Have you been looking for more success in your life? Here is your opportunity. Dr. Young's show, Transformation for Success, will help you discover a future for change with possibility thinking, new vision, and creative solutions to impact a more fulfilling lifestyle. Dr. Barbara is an accomplished leader and change guru who is passionate about helping others to gain the triumphs and successes that lie ahead. She brings you up close and personal with interviews from successful experts, corporate leaders, sports figures, entertainment personalities, coaches, thought leaders, and authors who dared to dream, take risks, and gain success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, it's Transformational Tuesday. This is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. I want to give a big shout out to all my international, national, and local listeners. We have an amazing show for you today. You will hear the transformational story of my guest, Miss Mel Mason, best-selling author, the clutter expert, who will share her journey and how she survived to become the woman she is today. So stay tuned as you will want to hear how Mel today is sharing her message and how she arrived at writing a book with a step-by-step process for getting through clutter that may be weighing you down. How many of you out there really, you're experiencing clutter and you want freedom and you want a step-by-step process to end it all, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical? Well, I want you to call a friend today Have them listen to this show, because this is going to be your day of freedom. We're broadcasting live, and you can listen to the Transformation for Success show on the Empowerment, Business, and Influences channels. And we're also syndicated on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Heart Radio, and Spotify. And you can now access the show on your smart home devices. How good is that? So... You can also call the show today if you'd like to ask questions of Miss Mel Mason, 1-888-346-9141. Now, let me greet my guest today. Hello, Mel. How are you? Hey, Dr. B. I'm fabulous. How are you today? I am absolutely fantastic, and I'm very happy to have you on the show to share your transformational journey and how one can tackle the clutter in your life. So Mel, share with me a little bit of your emotional journey and how you survive today to be able to write a book that's helping others who who might be drowning in clutter physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be honored to, Dr. B. Thank you so much. I actually was someone who was depressed suicidal and surrounded by clutter myself. I grew up Mm -hmm. as someone who had clutter all over my floor. You couldn't walk in my room. You couldn't see the floor, to be honest. But I also experienced a lot of trauma and loss, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and all those kind of things that go on in life. And by the age of 15 years old, I lost my older brother to suicide. And I was the one who discovered his body And in the same moment, through his suicide note, was the inheritor of all his belongings. So I, at 15 years old, then had to go back into his house and figure out who got what and what I wanted to keep. So as you can imagine, that pretty much sent me down a dark (laughs) spiral. 
into, I can imagine. You know, nobody expected me to make it to my 18th birthday. And At 15, Mel, I let was me just kicked out of high school. Yeah. Let me just Hello? bookmark this a minute um, because here we are, and I want to just share with uh, the listeners. You're 15 years old, and your brother commits suicide. You find the body. How old was your brother? 20. He was five years older than me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to pick up, you know, a few of the pieces because 15 and 20, oh, my goodness, and you're having to go down this spiral. So what happened uh, that you now have to have all of his belongings? You've got to decide who gets what. How did you handle that? <clears throat> um, it was a really uncomfortable situation. Just even walking into the house after his body had been removed. It was the most eerie feeling of all ever being in his house. And I honestly don't remember that much of it because I was 15 years old. And I remember taking what I wanted to keep. And I honestly don't remember what happened with the rest. But that just sent me into a downward spiral where nobody expected me to make it to my 18th birthday alive. I wasn't expected to live. And I got kicked out of high school for being a danger to myself and others pretty much. And they just said, you can't come back until you get intensive therapy. And what that looked like for a 15-year-old was I went and spent the next year and a half of my life living in a residential treatment center for adolescents. And unbeknownst to me, that is where my life would actually take a radical change because while I was living there, I was introduced to yoga and mindfulness. Uh And what yoga and mindfulness pretty much taught me in a nutshell was how to come home and be present in my body for all that stuff I had been running from, from the trauma, from the abuse, from losing my brother and all of that. And as a result of learning how to be present for all of that, what started to happen for me was I started to want to clean my outside environment and start creating order in my outside environment. I wasn't someone who was like, oh, I want to get organized or I need to get organized. It just happened as a result of me learning how to be present. And so years later, after I took a long journey, I wound up starting my company and helping people get organized from the inside out because the outside is just a mirror of the inside. And my personal experience is what taught me that. Did you... um after the residential treatment center, were you involved in other uh, kinds of programs uh, that helped you to move where you're now able to clean up the outside, but you're now cleaning up the inside? Did you have help? Who were some of your mentors? Who are some of the, what were some of the books you read? The very first book that set me on a journey of spiritual awakening was Thich Nhat Hanh's The Miracle of Mindfulness. He's one of my favorite authors. He's a Vietnamese monk. And I read one book from him, and that just sent me on a journey reading everything about Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. I studied all kinds of things. And when I left that treatment program, I had someone, a mentor in the program who basically took me and introduced me to the owner of a local yoga center in my town. And she took me under her wing and I started being able to take care of the yoga center and in exchange for my membership. So I got to take all the yoga classes. I got introduced to shamanic healing and all kinds of alternative modalities at I was 17 when I graduated, so I started getting introduced to all that. I was able to take John Kabat-Zinn's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program and and learn all that. And 
then my journey just led me to, I wanted to take energy healing and be an energy healer. And I thought I was going to be a yoga teacher. So I took yoga teacher training and then did all these different modalities that wound up leading me to eventually create my own company. Okay. <clears throat> was it a, you had quite a journey. So by the time that <laughs> you, you go through all these energy modalities and wow, you're taking note and you're, you've got mentors and you're reading everything and you're absorbing everything. Out of that, I mean, you should have been full of it. <laughs> I've used that expression. <laughs> you should have been full of it, Mel. So, so now you decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this journey and open my own business. Was that just a creative thought that just came out of this mindfulness that I want to start my own business? And what was the business? I always knew that my experience of what I was going through was somehow going to help others someday, and I just never mm-hmm. knew what that was going to look like. So trying all those different things were like following the breadcrumbs of spirit in my life, and mm-hmm. it got to a point where I got an opportunity to take six months off to kind of figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, and at that point in my life, I, I loved creating order out of chaos. And I had this background in energy healing, but I didn't want to sit in an office with clients all day long in a chair and do sessions one-on-one. That just didn't sound attractive to me. And I saw the show Hoarders for the very first time. And in watching that show, I became absolutely horrified because they basically remove all a person's stuff in a really short amount of time. But what they don't realize is all that stuff they've accumulated is like their Great Wall of China. It's their defense system. It's their protection. And if you come and rip it away like that, you're basically re-traumatizing them and exposing them and causing them more harm than good. And the clutter's just going to come back as soon as the show's done shooting and they leave. And so it triggered me to want to create a company that helped people get to the root of the clutter so that it didn't get that way, but also help people keep it from coming back. Well, you know, I think that's a, a noble cause. And one of the things that you mentioned is that In order to help other people, uh, you have to experience some of the things that they're going through to be able to, what I use the term, to minister to people, to help exhort them, to help them come out of what you have conquered. So uh, I admire you, uh, Mel, for sharing your story because you've had a really, really, um, you know, interesting background. Let's put it that way. What (laughs) is a common myth about clutter and you have been able to debunk it. So what do you think is the common myth about clutter? I think one of the things people think is if they just get the right systems in place, that everything will be fine. And it has nothing to do with the systems. People buy magazines and buy books and they try to put all these systems into place. But ultimately it has to come from the inside out. You have to bring your presence to your life and figure out what actually works for you. Like I can come into a client's home and create all these great systems, but if they're not systems that work for the client, they're never going to use them and the clutter is just going to accumulate. And so it has to come from the inside out, not the outside in. People want to address the physical clutter first and Mm -hmm. put all these systems in place and then they wonder why it keeps coming back. Okay, so really you're saying that... um the common myth is that you can clean it up by just working on the outside, getting the house physically in order, cleaning out the garage. And I mean, I, I, I've been in a house. Well, I had a friend who was what I call the classic um, clutterer. I, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And so it got to the point where you couldn't even go to her house because it's very hard to mm-hmm. even navigate 
you know, just getting through the front door. So I have seen it, experienced it with a friend, but she never was able to come to grips with it. So what you're saying, what I hear you saying, is that it has to start with the inside. And how difficult is that for people to really realize that it's inner and that I have to start there? Because that's very frightening, I would imagine, for people who are dealing with, with physical clutter. And now you're telling me, it's about my inside, you know, that I've got to clean out. So what I want you to share is what are some of the steps or what did you do first thing with yourself? You went through meditation. You went through uh, a program. Would you? Is this what you're suggesting that people do? They have to go through a program or go through uh, some meditation program. You went a Buddhist way. Uh, which, you know, everybody may not want to go that way, but the recommendations um, that and how you have been able to manage it, what are you saying about the inside? And guess what? We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be back because I know my listeners are waiting with bated breath to hear your answer. <laughs> so stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Are you looking to watch some great video content with entertaining stories and exciting dialogue with some of the world's leading guests? Well, tune in. Transformation Success TV Network each week. This network is designed to give you high-definition quality programming on eight different channels for your enjoyment that will help you get excited and inspired, whether it's on the professional development, relationship inspiration, health and financial wellness, sports and entertainment, and music to inspire. This state-of-the-art programming will motivate and educate you to be better. So whether you want to talk financial wellness or sports, all you have to do is tune in and go to drbarbaryoung.com and click on the green Watch the Videos button and get ready to be transformed. Again, go to drbarbaryoung.com and click on the green watch videos button and it will take you to the channel for your listening and viewing pleasure. If you would like to host your own show, please send your requests to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to this great show today with Mel Mason, best-selling author and the clutter expert. So before we went on break, I asked Mel to share where she's worked with someone because the fear of going inside rather than just looking at the outside thinking we can clear up the clutter, that garage, that house, that closet, but it's the inside out. So Mel, share with me where you had to deal with a client and get her or him to come out of that clutter mentality and start working on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. One of my very first clients actually 
uh, worked with her strictly on the outside first, wasn't interested in doing any of the inside work and just wanted me to come to her house and help her. And we would sometimes spend three to four hours working on one box of paper, like mail from the 80s we were opening and most of it she was still keeping. And for four years, I would keep gently nudging her, reminding her that, you know, it's the inside that's going to keep the outside from coming back because every time I would come to her house, whatever surface we cleared, whatever we worked on would be covered again. And through after four years of gentle nudging, she became willing to coach with me and start doing the inner work. And once she became willing to do that, I was doing a combo program with her where I'd still come to her house and help her, and she would start doing the inner piece. And within just one year of the combo program, she looks at me and she's like, I don't need you to come to my house anymore. I've got this on my own now. She was able to consistently be decluttering her home on her own without my help. Someone who couldn't get through a single box of paper on her own was getting through her stuff regularly and consistently. And then just 10 months after coaching with me, putting one tool into practice that I tell all my clients to do, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. Once Uh you put this one tool into place, after 10 months, she didn't need my services at all anymore, and she's been doing phenomenal since she graduated. So a six-year client, first four years, this gentle nudging, trying to get her to do the inner peace, and then once she was willing to do it, her whole life radically transformed. And not just with the physical clutter. She had a temporary job that she was always subject to layoff. That became permanent. She got a salary increase with amazing employee benefits. Like so many great things started happening for her once she put this piece into place. It is amazing how when one can start cleaning out the clutter that's inside, all of the benefits of what's out there for you will come to surface. That is wonderful. Although it's a six-year battle. um, When I look at this, Mel, I think about you. Where did you find the patience to go to someone's house and help them, oh, my God, clean out a box and go back, and then the mess is still there. How do you think you found that kind of inner patience to be able to deal with this? You know, it's a gift from God. I'm, I, I do God's work. I've, I've been suiting up and showing up in my life for God. I've always handed my life over to God's will and knowing that, you know, my, my, my journey of following the breadcrumbs of spirit led me to do the work that I did and just being, going through all that I went through and the trauma and the losses that I went through and knowing what it takes for someone to be willing and open up. It just gives me a great amount of patience to be able to help my clients. I'm, I'm, I'm just really gifted with being able to hold really big, safe space for people, whatever it takes for them to be able to be willing to do whatever it takes for them to do the work. What do you wish you had known when you, when you first started out on this journey? I probably wish that I'd known that I, I, I wish that I'd known to just coach people and actually not go in their house because now that I've been in business for almost eight years. I'm, I'm predominantly just coaching people now. I don't actually go to their homes. Mm-hmm. And getting the people to come on board with me now as in a coaching capacity, they're getting results so much faster because they're willing to put the tools into practice through the accountability and the coaching that they have with me. It's not taking the four years. They're getting immediate results within weeks of just putting into practice the tools that I share with them. How much of... I would say, um, I don't want to use the word epidemic, but how large 
is this um, cluttering business? How large do you think it is that many people have, they're drowning in clutter physically, emotionally, or even spiritually? How vast do you think this challenge might be? Mel, have you thought about that? Well, I don't think any one of, no human gets out of life unscathed. So we all have the emotional and the mental clutter, but just statistically, one in four U.S. households has a clutter problem. And one so, in so many four people have two-car garages where they can yes, one in four U.S. households has a clutter problem. I'm going to ask a tough question, which I think, I don't think it's tough, but uh, it, it dawned on me now that we're in this pandemic situation where we, many of us, we're at home. Many people are at home. They're homeschooling. They're working from home. Wow. I wonder if things are more impacted because you're home now, you see the clutter. Because when you go out to work every day and you come home, you don't see the clutter. But I wonder how people, have you had any sort of people responding to you since this pandemic? Because now all of a sudden they realize I am a clutterer. I've got a lot of mental stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely the realization, and one of the things that I've noticed is that, especially when COVID first hit, everybody thinks because they're home and they have all this time that they're going to tackle all these projects, and because we avoid, we resist, and we deny what's uncomfortable, even though we're sitting in it more, we still don't do anything about it. So there's just more guilt and more shame about not getting it done, but it's still sitting in your face, and they're, they're sitting in it more and more. But unfortunately, until people are ultimately ready to do the work, then they don't reach out for help. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, so-and-so needs help and they really need you. Can you set an appointment with them? But that never works when someone else reaches out for someone to get give them help, like spouses reaching out for their other spouse. It doesn't work. Yeah, you have to want to be the person to actually make the change. You can't want it for somebody else. I understand that, Mel. Um what do you think has been your biggest accomplishment or success story when you've been sharing the messages? No, I want to get back to what inspired you actually to put this all in your book. I've always known that my message was meant to be shared. And uh-huh. the only way to really get my message out to a larger number of people is to get it condensed into book form and write it. And I had some help motivating me through Forbes Riley, one of my mentors, and working with her. And I wasn't actually going to write a book for a lot longer period of time. It wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse at this point in my life. But I was working with her, and she suggested it to be a good idea that if I really want to get my message out there, that I really need to write the book now. So I just buckled down and got it done, and we got it done in seven weeks. And and now it's ready to go. And that way, uh, my message can get out to millions rather than just the few people in my neighborhood. So why don't we talk a little bit about some of the steps in your book that you've outlined and that can help some of the, maybe I don't want to say clutterers, but those out there who are recognizing that <laughs> I might I might be a clutterer. And uh, it might be. <laughs> so I want to know, does your book address emotional, physical, and spiritual? Yeah, it addresses all the inner clutter and the outer clutter. And what I like to focus on is first, I have a seven-step process that I teach my clients that I've put into the book. And the first step is really preparing yourself to do the work. And in preparing yourself to do the work, 
the most important thing is to bring your presence to your life because all the clutter accumulates because we're unwilling to look at it. We're unwilling to do anything about it. So we avoid it, we resist it, and we deny it. So the most important thing is to actually bring your presence to your life through a process I call allowing the now. So I don't call it meditation because people tend to shrink at the word meditation and feel like they need to quiet their mind and do all this work. But really it's all about allowing the now, just being present with the moment exactly as it is in your body without trying to change anything, without trying to judge anything or doing anything about it. You're literally just turning your attention inward, closing your eyes and focusing on your breathing and placing your hand on your chest and just feeling what it feels like to have your hand resting on your chest, just a place of focus. And that simple act of bringing your presence to your your life like that begins to create space inside of you. And because the outside is a mirror of the inside, when you make space inside, the outside starts to match effortlessly. So I tell my clients, if they get nothing out of reading my book but this one piece or they get nothing out of working with me but this one tool, if you put this one tool into place, the rest will come because I just learned this one tool and I started to declutter my own life and I created the step-by-step process from going through my own clutter. So if you bring your presence to your life and start doing this practice just for five minutes a day, every day, within 30 days, you're going to have radical changes in your life. So the most important thing is in preparing is to bring your presence to your life just with five minutes a day. Then it's deciding what area you're going to work on for the moment, whether it be a drawer or a nightstand or, you know, a box that's been accumulating or a or a bag of stuff that's been accumulating. And I always tell people, don't start big. You want to just start small. My rule is one square foot at a time. You just take one little square foot Mm -hmm. of stuff, Mm -hmm. work on that, and then you move on to the next square foot. That's good. That's good practice. I have an intriguing question, too. As you were talking about bringing yourself uh, in the process, I thought, is there a possibility that the cluttering mentality or the cluttering is inherited because mother was a clutterer. And that's all you knew. You grew up in that sort of situation. So you are carrying on what you grew up with. Does that come into play? I'm sure there's definitely some genetics and some environment that are involved, but ultimately mm-hmm. what uh, what I believe is that we all come from the same source and that, that creator of the universe created order out of the Big Bang. And so mm-hmm. that source and energy flows through us. So we all have the ability to organize and create order in our lives. We just have to remove the interference from that energy coming through our lives. So even if we have genetic disposition and even if we have environmental factors that contribute to it, it doesn't make us stuck being that way for the rest of our lives. It's not a condition that's incurable or unfixable. Yeah, and I realize that, but all of a sudden it just dawned on me that there may be some causal factors that are not necessarily genetic, but they're a product. We're a product of our environment, uh, nature, nurture, and environment. So sometimes the environment yes. that you come out of and you nurture it and you, you don't, because, you know, and I'll use this personal example. My mother was a cleaning nut. 
she was absolutely emphatic about cleaning. I inherit, I don't know if I inherited it, but, but I have that same trait of I have to have this clean house. So maybe had she been a clutterer, I don't know. I might have ended up being a clutterer. But I just happened, that was just a thought that just came into my head. Uh, because I know when people begin to look inside and bring your process and start paying attention to how you're breathing and start paying attention to thinking, that was just my thought, Mel. And so I wasn't sure uh, your take on that. Okay, the the second process, we prepare to do the work. Bring your process into the now and attention. So what is the second step? So after you've brought your presence to the moment, you kind of decide what you're working on, keep it small, and then you gather any supplies that you're going to need. And that kind of wraps up the preparation piece. Then we start diving into the real work. And the next part is basically like with like. It's getting everything sorted into like categories. The tendency for people is to dump the bag or the box out into a pile in front of them on the floor. But what people don't Uh realize is that just creates more overwhelm. By looking at this huge pile on the floor, you can't make decisions about what you have by looking at this pile. So you want to just get it sorted into general categories first, maybe by room or maybe by use. I like to use rooms. This goes to the bathroom. This goes to the garage. This goes to the office. And just keep it separated into super general categories. And that way, once you've done sorting, if you were tired or if the kids came and needed, there was an emergency, you needed to tend to the kids, you could easily contain each category and come back later and, and finish. But you sort into general categories. And while you're doing the sorting, the most important thing to keep in mind is to not make any decisions about what you're keeping or letting go of. Your only job is to sort like a robot. That whole process comes later because the decision-making process is what causes us the most stress. And right now we're deciding. Yeah, I want to give. I don't want to give away mother's clock. I don't want to give away mom's <laughs> clock that she gave me, and I've been keeping our dad's. You know, uh, heirloom. <laughs> I'm just using that as an example. I mean, yep. so you yep. don't, don't want to decide any anything while you're you sorting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because there's an emotional investment in this. There's a lot of emotional Absolutely. investment. <clears throat> so you have to unhook yourself from the emotional investment you may have in a particular item or object. <clears throat> Do you find that to be so? Yeah, absolutely. And letting go is a muscle that you build over time. You're not going to let go of the family heirlooms that you're really attached to right off off the bat. You're going to let go of the stuff that's easy first, and you're going to build that muscle over time. It's like going to the gym. You don't just walk into the gym and grab a dumbbell and do a couple reps and walk out and think you're going to have bulging biceps. You actually have to go to the gym over and over again. So it's the same with letting go. The stuff doesn't accumulate overnight. You're not going to let go of it all at once either. Your only job is to start bringing your presence to it and actually looking at it and starting to build that muscle. So you you do the sorting first and you don't make any decisions yet because by sorting, you get to see everything in front of you. And when you see you have 20 pens and 10 tape measures and, you know, six of this and that, it makes it much easier for you when you get to the deciding process what to let go of and what you can let go of instead of trying to pick up one thing at a time and should I keep this or should it let it go and you don't see everything else you have. So when you get a clear picture of what you have, it makes it much easier to let go of. So once you've sorted everything, you want to take a little mental break. It's what I call fresh start. And you just Mm -hmm. clean the surface that you're working on or vacuum the floor where the box was, but just clean it down, 
so that whatever you're putting back is going to go back to a clean, clear surface. But it also just gives you that mental break between deciding what category something goes into and then deciding whether you're going to keep it or you're going to let it go. Because next step is decision time. That's where we're deciding what we're keeping and what we're letting go. And so you have all these categories now sorted in front of you. And what you want to do with decision time is you want to either start with the smallest category or the easiest category for you to make decisions about. You you don't want to start with the hard stuff. You're building your muscle as you go and you're building from, Mm -hmm. you know, easiest to hardest. So with one category at a time, one item at a time, you literally pick up each item, you look at it, you bring your presence to it. Here we go. You have to bring your presence to your stuff and decide whether you're going to keep it. And if you're going to keep it, set it down next to the pile. And then if you're going to let it go, then you decide whether it's donatable or it needs to go to the trash or the recycle. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now. And listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be back with Mel and more about decluttering your life. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. As COVID-19 continues to spread, individuals are concerned about their income sources, retirement funds, stocks, bonds, and real estate assets. The timely release of the best-selling book, Own Your Future, serves as a call to action for anyone looking to protect and grow their wealth in these uncertain times. Authored by financial expert Echo Huang, this book provides solid strategies for recovering from financial loss and how to safeguard and scale wealth, regardless of who wins in November. Own Your Future is available now at all major booksellers. Learn more at ownyourfuture.guru. That's ownyourfuture.guru. Have there been experiences in your life that you could only explain that there was a divine connection or intervention? Well, the new show, God's Hookups, with your host, Dr. Barbara Young, airing live on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. This show features each week up close and personal interviews with men and women from all walks of life who will share with you their stories and testimonies about unexplainable miracles, blessings, and encounters that can only be of a God's hookup. So look out every Friday for three powerful shows that will ignite your faith and stir up your hope at 1130, 1.30, and 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you would like to be a guest to share your amazing story of a God hookup, please contact Dr. Barbara Young at drb at godshookups.com for more information. And to watch on YouTube, just go to God's Hookups and click to subscribe. We're on Alexa smart speakers and connected devices. Hey Alexa, play Being Here podcast on Apple Podcasts. Try it now. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back with my intriguing interview with Miss Mel Mason about cluttering. And we have really been in for a treat today. And she talked about preparing to do the work and bring your process, your attention, bringing your inward process by focusing on you and spending time, five minutes a day, if I recall, Mel. And then we're into preparation and we're going to sort our our, our clutter into like categories. I like that. Um, if it's by room or whatever, but you're going to be like a robot. That's what she said. You have to be like <laughs> a robot <laughs> and sort everything into like categories. And then you're able to, no decision time yet. You're just letting go, being a robot. And she also said if you're moving a box, you clean the area, clean the space, put the box back in the space, but sit in a clean space. But letting go, what I'm getting from you, Mel, has to occur in increments of really letting go of the clutter um, that's in a room or in a house. Tell me um, the decision time uh, comes with where you've got to actually move the stuff. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to do something with it. And decision time. So, uh, what uh, have you felt with people who uh, have that decision time? And I'll say, oh no, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't think I want to throw out anything. And you take the smallest category, and they're you know attached to something and don't want to throw it out. What what do you in that decision time? What do you share in your book about that? What I share is it's most important just to focus on the wins, what you're willing to let go of, because it's a muscle mm-hmm. that you're building. So you're not going to let go of the hardest stuff at, at once. You're going to let go of what's easy first, and then the next time you look at the stuff, because you're not going to look at it just once. The clutter doesn't accumulate overnight. You'll let go of more, and the next time you'll let go of more. I actually had a client that I worked with that after we did the sorting process, she didn't want to look at any of the piles. She just wanted to go put it all away. And I had to you know work oh. with her to get her to do the process of actually looking at each item, but once she did, she let go of a bunch of it. And what you don't realize is that the, just because you're willing to look at it and make the decisions, you'll let go of 30 to 60% without trying. And that's not even the hard stuff. It's right. the stuff that's accumulated that you haven't looked at. Okay. You'll, you'll be 30 to 60% less stuff just by doing it once. And so the stuff well, that's we hard, have co- you come back to later. Well, Mel, we have a caller, Adrian from Los Angeles. So, Adrian, hello, hello. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you, darling? And you have a question for that. my guest today, Mel Mason. All right, shoot your question, Adrian. Mel, I just moved my office home, and now I'm having to go through all this paper, and it's been almost three weeks. I've done, I've cleaned the garage, so I, I bought um, shelves and um and um, tubs to put everything and label it, but I still haven't cleared up on my office. What would you recommend to me? You know, maybe I, I'm suffering like everybody else, a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of low-grade depression. What would you recommend? I'm trying to reprogram my brain to just maybe do 30 minutes or an hour, but it's not working. I just... I can't stand it. I'm not a cluttered person, and I have it in my formal dining room. I have it in my breakfast room. You know, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Adrian. Great question. Math? Thanks for coming on the show. Um, paper can be one of the most overwhelming things to deal with. So when I'm working with my clients, we actually try not to do paper for more than an hour of our session because it can become overwhelming. But the trick to dealing with paper is what most people tend to want to do first is sort all the paper into the categories and then make their decisions. You actually want to get all the paper in one pile and maybe grab a stack an inch thick and go walk away from it. And what you're going to do is you're going to look at each piece and decide whether you need to keep it or you can let it go and get rid of the stuff that you don't need first so that you're only left with what you're going to keep. And then once you have what you're going to keep, then you can sort it and put it in the files and get it organized. So decide what you're going to keep first before you sort it and that will make the process much easier to deal with. And then you don't want to buy the storage solutions first because it's kind of putting the cart before the horse because you don't know what you're actually going to have until you do your purge. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Thank you so much. I've got a plan now. (laughs) (laughs) Good. My pleasure. Thank you for calling, Adrian. Much appreciated. Oh, it's great to have callers out there because, Mel, you, you are the clutter expert. One of the things that I want you to share that you have been able to not only have individuals get rid of the clutter, but not have it return. How's that? Yes. You know, the the thing is, is that when you start making space inside of yourself, because the outside is a mirror of the inside, the outside has to match. So the more space you make inside, the more space you have to have outside. It's just a lot. It's the principle of correspondence, as above, so below, as within, so without. And people don't realize that, but once you make the space on the inside, the outside just has to match. It happens effortlessly. So instead of having to drag yourself and force yourself to organize your stuff, something shifts from the inside to where there's this need to do it and this want to do it. There's no more dread. And then you get to this place where you actually love having clean, clear space. And you want to keep the space clean and clear because you're clean and clear inside. Your outside is matching your inside. And the only way it happens is when you make the space inside. That's what causes the lasting change. You can make space and clear it on the outside all day long, but unless you do the inside, it won't stay. Well, do you help people? And I know you help people. Um, you know, clean up the inside and that's that space. You have exercises that you help people to create more space inside. Yeah. The most important tool that I always give my clients is called the allowing the now practice. And it's getting them to consistently do that practice that things start to change. I just started working with a woman just a few months ago and she was so resistant to the process and she won't even do five minutes yet. She only does two But here's what shifted just in the first few weeks she started doing the process. She was someone who would, she has clutter all over the place. I mean, every surface is covered. You can't sit on the sofa. Shoeboxes lining the floor. She would look at the shoeboxes and she would look at the clutter around her house and she would think about doing something with it. And she would just start berating herself and saying all these negative things about her inability to do it and all this stuff. And since she started doing this process, she started looking at the clutter and starting to see what things were going to feel like when it was gone. Like she wasn't berating herself about it. She was able to see what it was going to look like when it was gone. 
And then not only that, because it doesn't just work on the physical clutter, she's someone who, when she gets into an argument with her husband, she ices him out and gets really closed down and shut off and she won't talk. And she had an, uh, an, an, ex, uh, an episode with her husband where she was going to do that. And instead, she grabbed her blanket and wrapped it around herself. She stayed on the couch with him. And instead of shutting down and icing him out, she was able to take care of herself and protect herself and wrap herself in her blanket. But then she was able to still engage in conversation with him and not ice him out. And she had never done that before. And that was just from a few weeks of practicing this process. That's absolutely wonderful. How rewarding is that for you? If, <laughs> it it one of the just questions, melts my heart. I know it does. And I could see and feel the excitement in your voice as you're sharing that story because you're making a difference in so many people's lives. And I don't think many individuals have realized how much clutter is in their lives and how they can get rid of it and not have it returned. And that is an accomplishment. Mel, I have a question if you had an option to place the billboard in a certain space, what would it say and where would you place it? Quickly, because we've got a few minutes left. A billboard? Hmm. Your presence is required. And Your presence where would is I place required. It? And what? And I'm trying to think, where would I place it? Your presence I guess it would have required. to be on the freeway to get the most views. Okay. Your presence is required. And we put it on a freeway, the 111. I'm just, <laughs> there you saying, go. I'm just saying that really funny. Well, I want to thank you so much. And Mel, I certainly appreciate your transparency and sharing your transformational journey. And it's been an extraordinary background to come from 15 and all the things you experienced, your brother committing suicide, 20 years of age, and inheriting all this clutter. Your extraordinary background has certainly helped you to be on a mission to help individuals who might be staggering under the clutter of their lives, whether they're emotionally, spiritually, or physically. But there is hope. There is hope with people like Mel. And Mel, I want to thank you again. I want to thank my listeners and my faithful countries who tune in every week. I leave you with these words today, and Mel and I share this. Change can be hard. It requires no extra effort to settle for the same old thing. But autopilot keeps us locked into past patterns. But transforming your life, decluttering your life, that requires courage, commitment, and effort. And Mel, you so have aptly explained that today. But what I say, and this is Dr. Barbara Young's words, You have to be willing to take charge of your life, your clutter. It's 100% your responsibility. You only have one life. Choose it wisely. Live it responsibly. And let's get rid of the clutter. So take care, Mm -hmm. all my listeners today who've shared. And Mel, again, I want to wish you many blessings and success with your book. Take care. Have a blessed week. And for my United States listeners, I want you to get out and vote. This is your chance to express your voice. So please vote. This is Dr. Barbara Young, and I'm signing off until next week. And Mel, we're saying goodbye to you. And maybe we'll have you back for part two of how to get your life in balance and get rid of the clutter forever. So thank you, Ms. Mel Masons, for being on the show today. Love you dearly. 
Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. B. Thank you, listeners, for staying. And I, this is Dr. B. Sign off until next week. Tune in next week. I have Dr. Ron Eccles, international speaker, author, business coach. Boy, does he have an amazing story to share. So, listeners, you want to stay tuned. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. This is Dr. Barbara Young signing off. And thank you from all the radio engineers at Voice America. Thank you. God bless. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for replays of the show weekly on the Voice America Business Channel and the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until our next show, have an outstanding week.